Blakey boy, Blakey boy. We are back. Season three, episode five of the Campbell's Gambles podcast. One of the greatest podcasts on Spotify in regards to ponies and thoroughbred racing as we analyze. The number one podcast in the world. You won't find better. The number one podcast in the world. They certainly don't. any metric. No, they don't put us on the split screen on Sky One. Uh, Certainly not. And we're we're definitely not on Sky Two. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're a... We're a group one podcast here. We we love to analyze uh the horse racing, the, the group horse racing that runs every Saturday. And uh before we do that, we must always go back to last week. And first of all, before we get into the horse racing, I saw I saw you were at the game on, on Sunday, the NRL. How did you find it, mate? Um phenomenal. Let's just say the Souths are looking good. And I was a what what the Chooks did to us in that last round of the season. It was all, it was it was all just fairy dust, mate. It was fairy dust, and the next weekend we come out when it counts and we put them to the sword, baby. That's what we do. Well, we troll mitt, troll mitt. If if you are listening to this podcast, I reckon the last hour, our last ten minutes last week, we pretty much provided the whole the whole week of winners on the footy. So, uh, yeah, we I I oh, I couldn't believe my I couldn't believe points bet were doing a promo. I don't I don't know if they're gonna still do it. Two hundred dollars first uh first stake head to head, you get paid out if your team scores the first try. Jeez. And I would have backed Penrith, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the bunnies who all ended up winning the games, but two hundred on the head, fuck, that would have been, Could have been a big that fun. would have been quite yeah. something. Correct. But a, another household member did back the full multi of those four teams, uh, thirty bucks for a seven hundred dollar return. So, oh wow, that yeah. household member, oh, I mm. think I know who he might be, and I think he'd be up and about, maybe possibly at Sneaky's <laughs> burgers for all the boys, but um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to recap horse racing last week, and we'll start off with the main attraction on Saturday, and that was the Group One Maccabi Davis Stakes. Jeez, that was some win from I'm Thunderstruck. I thought we we were home and hose with Alligator Blood when Timmy Clark kicked at the two hundred, but it wasn't to be. Great uh, front running ride from Tim Clark. He got away with very cheap sectionals, but uh, summary on that race for me, Blake. Um, I mean, everything sort of unfolded. I to some extent how we how we envisioned all the horses that we thought were going to be up around the mark were I'm Thunderstruck one, Alligator Blood ran second, Cascading ran fourth. I did say I thought Moonga would bounce back and he did running third. So there were no real surprises uh, apart from the fact that you know that order was shuffled around a bit, but they're all great horses and and at the end of the day I'm Thunderstruck did get the dream run and um and yeah, I mean it was a, it was a phenomenal win by by all accounts but you know he did he did have gate one he did sit the rail and did what he had to do to win which was quite something you are 100 correct in saying that other races that we covered on the program 
First of all, we'll stay at Flemington Baller. He won the straight six race. Was that a bit of a surprise? It was. Uh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. I had. I had. I had an itch. I had an inkling that he that he'd do something, but I never backed him, so I can't really claim it. But oh, um, don't give me. Some I wasn't. Questions. I was. I wasn't surprised watching the race, but I also can't say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I had money on him or something like that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, did you, what did you think about that race? Yeah, I I didn't think it was a strong race on paper, and I I wouldn't say it turned out that way. But a lot of the uh, horses in the market were were probably disappointing. Uh, Veron Scova mm. was poorly weighted in the race, but heavily in the market. Uh, shooting for gold was heavily in the market. Swats that sort of loomed and peaked. Uh, I thought she would do that, but I thought she'd still be a little bit stronger. Um, and then the uh, the Cerise and White horses were pretty poor. It's not a race where I really want to follow any horses and not really a race that I think will be... I don't think any of these horses, let's just say, can step up into into Group 1 level and being competitive down the sprint. Um, I, yeah. I think it's one of the... I think those are the, the B graders, if not C graders. So Yep, tend to agree. Tend yeah, to agree. anyway, we'll move to Rose Hill where there was a lot of action. Nature Strip went around for an exhibition gallop and G was really good to watch and in real life. But uh, before we go to that race, which we're covering later on in secret and golden mile for the Godolphin, um, yeah, I guess uh, stable out of the two wins, which one did you like better and why? Or you got to have splinters in your bum hole. If you got to sit on the fence. Biased, biased. I liked golden mile more because I've been following him since the trials. And I think well, yeah, since since his win at Ballarat and then the, the two trials in Sydney, but yeah, I I have a I have a really really good opinion of of this guy. So it was good to see him win, and I backed him, and then I backed in secret. They were both great wins, but um, yeah, I I mean, out of that that in secret win, I I did say out of those top ones in the market, in secret would would be the one I'd go with there, and the way she looked in the yard, wowza. Wowza. No surprise to see her win after seeing her in the yard. Yeah, she's a very nice filly in person. Golden Mile's an absolute tank of a horse. He mm-hmm. was also that run yesterday at Warwick Farm, who looked very similar to him that went down in the second race. A lot of hype around um, Peril or Pirelli or whatever you want to call him. Um, and I think he might possibly stack up in that company down the track. But uh, I'd have to go with Golden Mile personally. I thought he was phenomenal. He he made them look second rate and some of those horses in that race really aren't second rate. So um, I thought that was a really good win. Uh, and then lastly, we'll cover. Yeah. Oh, say it. I've, I've never heard Blake have a loser. I've never heard him say he's had a losing bet, but um, <laughs> I love doing these recaps. Yeah. I backed that horse and yeah, I backed that horse. I'll back that and back that. Bag. I had a loser in the next one. Oh, here he is. Kiku scored big mm. odds, big odds. One of your girls. Um, big odds. Why, by the sounds of things, you didn't back her? No, I didn't. And I spruked the crap out of her last week. Oh, my goodness. And I was on Mr. Mozart and they run one, two, and I backed the second horse. I, man. Mm. Yeah, not not a good one. Not a good one. No. Nah. All right. On not that my note, best work. Let's move on. Let's move on to yeah, please. our first segment, which is Flashing Lights, sponsored by our good mate, Kanye West. 
think some of the listeners will will know fairly well as a phenomenal Kosciuszko winner in the past, and that's It's Me. Uh, absolute lightning finish she had. And she won first up in Queensland, came down to Sydney uh, on Saturday, and it was a pretty tough race, um, very competitive race. She was third pick in the market but was $17 and the top two were were heavily uh, sort of in the market at $2.30 and $2.70. So she was $17 third favourite. And after getting back, yeah, she she ran a really good race there. So I'm, I saw that first up win and um, as much as that was, that was a phenomenal win too, uh, you know, you still got to – I still wanted to see her do it again and she's – well, she's put the writing on the wall with that that fourth for mine. Uh, I think I think she's gonna gonna be really dangerous this prep. Yeah, yeah, she was phenomenal. That's she's definitely come back, and we we both know, and everyone I think knows at her best. She's an exceptional talent. Uh, for me, I'm sticking with that Ming Dynasty race that Golden Mile came out of. He was an eye catcher, and he's one you can definitely take out of it. But I'm actually gonna go with the horse that run fifth in that race with the Aquas colors on at sixty one dollars, and that's Williamsburg. Uh, the thing about this horse is you can compare him slightly towards Golden, a Golden Mile. It might be a little bit um, disrespectful in some way, shape, or form, but he ran his last 634.58. Golden Mile ran it in 34.42. So there's roughly a length between those two gallopers. However, Williamsburg was carrying 59 kilos on that day because of the penalty for being a group winner in the Shrepovescence last preparation, whereas Golden Mile was carrying 54 kilos. So it's a five kilo weight swing for, for a one length difference in the last 600 meters. And he was really strong through the line. He was a winner third up last preparation at group level um, on the wet track, heavy 10. And um, I think he's absolutely dying, oh, sorry, crying out for the mile. And he's crying out for a wet track. He'll get the mile next start, definitely. Uh, wet track, not too sure. But if he can get back down to set weights, he's ticking along really well. And he might be one the market misses. So for me, it's Williamsburg. I, th- I thought his run was really good. There was a lot of eye catches at Rose Hill on Saturday. But he's the one I think we can follow with confidence. Wet track, a mile. I think he'd be very hard to beat. And if they take him down to Melbourne, which I th- suggest they do, I think he'd be very hard to beat over the mile at Flemington. Yes, yes, yes. Love it, love it, love it. Beautiful. All right, we'll move to the races now. We're covering three races today at Randwick. Uh, first of all, track conditions, weather and bias. The track currently is a soft five, and the weather is set to be 21 degrees uh, Twenty-one degrees and fair on Saturday. Probably gets to a good four. Yeah. Two in a row. Yeah. Who would have thought? Another good four. And who would have uh, thought? yeah, who would have thought? And the rail's in the true position. So any expected buyers, Blake? Do you reckon it'll just play fairly? Uh I mean, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it does, but the way it was two weeks ago, I guess different conditions potentially, but watch and assess. It's really hard to pick these days. Like Randwick's typically it's typically been a pretty fair track, but Sort of more recently, it hasn't. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. They have they have been racing with the rail out. So if the inside's a little bit uh, has a little bit less damage, then it might be a little little lane towards the rail. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I like that last point. I think when the rail was in the six meters uh, fortnight ago, when pretty much every leader was winning, they really chopped out that part of the track. And now the rail back in the true position. You'd like to think that that 
lane about four, five, six runners out will be very worn, whereas the other lane should be very fresh. And we saw it happen a couple of weeks ago at Mooney Valley where horses that sat up and in on the rails were very much advantage as they normally are at Mooney Valley, but probably more so uh, with the rail being kept really fresh. Uh, so I will be favoring horses that are drawn low and can sit forward. With that, we'll cover the first race, and that is race six, the T-Rose Stakes, over the 1,400 metres, group two, level four, three-year-old fillies. Current favourite in this race is Zoo Gotcha, and she has probably the A1 form in this race. Are you with the filly? To an extent, there's three horses that I am sort of centering my focus towards in this race. Uh, that's Zoo Gotcha, North Star, Lass. I think they're the two obvious ones with Zoo Gotcha, obviously, having the upper hand out of those two, uh, having beat North Star last, uh, last start for Zugotcha, but North Star last has come out and won since, which um, which definitely makes Zugotcha's win there look look even better. Um, so I've definitely got it between those two uh, predominantly. The other one I want to mention is Wolverine, who was in the same race. And I remember, Jason, you highlighted Seven Veils coming out of the race, uh, closing off very strongly. Well, Wolverine did a very, very similar thing in that uh, in that first up run. And now she's sort of done what Zugotch has done, uh, had a little bit of a little bit of a rest and comes back here uh, over the 1400 meters, draws wide, but uh, you know, like I said before, it's up in the air how the how the track's gonna play. So depending how it does look on the day, uh, leading up to race six, it will depend on whether I back Wolverine or whether I focus on uh, North Star Lass, who will probably go forward again, or will definitely go forward again, or Zugotcha, who's going to be sort of uh, buried back on the rail, I, I suspect. So there's a few different options there, um, and I'm keeping my options open, obviously, but I'm centering my focus around those three runners. Are you in the camp of one of those or a different one? Yeah, I think this race is very top-end heavy. I'd be very surprised if something at long odds was to win this race. I think a lot of the horses down the bottom are severely outgraded here. Uh, there's, I wouldn't say there's a lack of speed in this race, but it does worry me that all the speed is the Waterhouse horses. I'm not too sure if they're going to cut at each other, which could give, give North Star Lass uh, a fairly easy lead, which I don't want with Zoo Gotcha because I'm with her. That, that form out of the Silver Shadow is stacked up everywhere. Zoo Gotcha has since has not run since, but she has trialed really well with J-Mac on board. In Secret obviously came out on Saturday and was a dominant winner. North Star Lass has won since with a very, very good effort behind Willinga Beast, who also run second in that race. And you got Opal Ridge, who won the highway a fortnight ago. And even Snickcat came out, run third in a pretty deep maiden at Hawkesbury. So that has to be the right form line. I think you have to be heavily in the camp of North, North Star Lasso Zoo Gotcha. I do agree with Wolverine. Um, however, I'm just not too sure where she gets to here. And if the track does favor those up and in, I think she might be a little bit um, not favored. Let's just say that. I am mm. going to let Seven Vales go. It does pain me, but I just, I thought her run last time was good. She traveled into the race well. She just got caught three wide, no cover, has no luck, has had, has had no luck whatsoever this preparation. Um, I think I'd just like to see her go down to Melbourne now and, and give those stakes races a crack down there because the Phillies down there, they're weak. Um, again, last week we saw Spacewalk obviously lose on protest, but even um, the winner, the eventual winner, Puno Notches or Nachos, what his bloody name is, he <laughs> he came from that, um, I think, San Domenico race. So that Sydney form is stacking up down down there. And I think 
she's one for down there and you can follow her with confidence. So uh, Zoo Gotcha for me and Blake's looking to play around Zoo Gotcha, North Star Lass and a Wolverine. Beautiful. Let's move to race seven. It's the group one on the card, the feature race for Randwick on Saturday, the George Main Stakes over the 1600 metres. Huge battle at top of the market here. Be interesting mm-hmm. to see if James McDonald has chose the right horse because he didn't choose it yesterday. He jumped off Great Barrier Reef and Democracy Manifest and he got cake in his face because they both ended up winning with uh, um, quite, a, quite a pretty easy in the end of the day. But um, I talk about Zaki. Jumped off Zaki after a really, really good return in what was the tramway, beating home Ice Bath. It was a real eye-catcher and Animo. He's a $2.10 favorite with most bookmakers. Are you with one of those or are you looking to play around them? Plain and simple. I'm with Animo here. Um, are you? I've actually decided to go around the two favorites, not because I think they can both win. And I think they can both win. They should both run top two realistically. However, I might as well just get straight into the race because you've just handed me the baton. I think Zaki mm. gets a, a pretty comfortable lead here. Uh, and I, I see Profondo probably sitting outside him. I'm with Hinged here at a big price. I think she was a... Her and Fangirl have both come back really well this preparation if their first up run is to go by anything. Uh, I like that they've taken their time with her. I don't think she'll get second up syndrome. Um, I hope she doesn't, but she could possibly. Um, her recent trial was really good. They put the blinkers on first time, which is a big tick for me. I think they... Could def- she could definitely find a length or two with that. Uh, she's unbeaten third up. Uh, obviously, she's racing inferior grade, one of those being a, a Gold Coast two-year-old classic and, a, and an Ipswich two-year-old classic. But she was a Group 1 winner um, in front of Star Tontes, who returned really well last week, and Espiona in the Shroud Stakes first up last, uh, second up last preparation. She draws barrier one uh, in a race where there's probably a lack of tempo. She's going to get the back of Zaki. Um, I just The only concern would probably be class and jockey but i think she maps she probably the map horse in the race um and i think you're probably getting almost like three bucks a place in a, in a 10 horse field i think she can definitely run a drum yeah 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 i can i can entertain that um i think i think away from animo and zaki obviously those two like you said realistically should run one too but then when you look away from it there are a lot of there are a lot of cases to be made for a lot of horses you just made a good case for hinged but when you look at Fangirl's run, a lot of people were saying if Fangirl, if if Fangirl and Animo's runs are swapped uh first up, that Fangirl could could have won that race. And you could definitely entertain that argument. I don't uh, believe that race. I'm 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 out. Hey? Knives are out. I don't believe that. That's dribble. Because hey, I well like that, that no regardless I'm, of which side of the fence you're on, it's definitely a debate that could be had. You know what I mean? There are arguments to be made for that for that side i'm not saying that that's definitely the case um i tend to think that animo is the better horse by by quite some distance between those two anyway but regardless you can make a case for fango on that uh and the fact that now she's drawn gate three uh with bowman with bowman sticking juace has returned well at caulfield i don't i don't know whether she's going to be ready now at the mile or whether she'll need a little bit further. I suspect she'll need a little bit further, but you can definitely make a case for on the way that she's returned. Um, and with gate five, Ice Bath was phenomenal last time uh, behind Zaki. So you can already draw comparisons there with Zaki, who's well in the market and Ice Bath's 23 bucks with a good draw as well. So 
you know, looking looking away from the top two who realistically should run one two, you can make cases for other horses. So when you when you can do that, it's it's not a race that I'm, you know, sort of absurdly confident in. But then you think Animo, the way that the way that he won, you know, again, a, a lot of people were saying were hesitant to back him first up. If anyone's hesitant now to back him second up, I'd just say, hey, look what you did first up. You were hesitant to back him there and now. And then he came out and look what he did. So, you know, why can't he do the same thing here? Uh, you know, with J Max sticking, I know he's got gate eight this time, but I think just the way that he returned for me is he deserves to be favorite and should be winning. Should be winning. Um, obviously things can go wrong and you know, whatever can whatever can happen during the race. But I think two dollars ten is is a fair price, personally. Um, is is the best horse in the race for mine. And yeah, if he turns up, he wins. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But no, just that. Oh, just I find how do I say this in regards to that fangirl argument on the figures? She ran a faster last six hundred than than Animo, and that's you can't deny that. But I feel like if she was ridden forward, she wouldn't be able to produce that because I feel like hmm. some horses you can't take out of their comfort zone, yeah. and I think that's just the way you have to ride her. And there will be a day where they probably overdo it in front, and she'll be the one steaming down the outside. Um, but you know, I'm happy to be wrong. But I don't know. I'm just. I heard that first up and, you know, of the two runs, you also got to factor in that Animo also went back to the inside, which was the inferior part of the track on that day too. So um, his win was great first up. And I'm not going against either, though, either of those runners because I don't think they can win. I'm just, I just think they hold so much weight in this market. The simple matter of fact is even if they run one, two, there's going to be a horse running third. Yeah, <laughs> so, true, true. so I feel like you're getting, you're pretty much getting, six to four two fifty to three dollars for most horses in this race to run third and if one of those horses wasn't to show up on the day you know you got two placings there you know it's not like zaki or animo hasn't let down on a big day before because they they're both <laughs> sort of somewhat the particularly one of those particularly one of those horses <laughs> like he's gone down odds on a few times now and it's not like it's not like he's missed the placings he's a very consistent horse but in a race of this nature, if, if he if he run fourth, I don't think a lot of people will be like really, really surprised if that makes sense. Yep. Anyway, we'll move on now. Got to be a very intriguing race. Are you down at Randwick on Saturday? You should come down. You should come oh, down. Oh, I was considering I was considering it, but I'm down there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's a big day Saturday. It's a big, big day because I'm going to are playing, Souths are playing, Randwick. Big day. And then I got like three. I got a lot of things planned for the night as well. It's just, it's oh. what do you go to? What do you not go to? You can't be you can't be at five places at once. So, well, it sounds like know. you can't lose. So that's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Don't get Correct. Me wrong, but... Whatever you choose, you win. But uh, we'll go to the shorts now. It's race eight on the program over the eleven hundred meters at Group Two level. David versus Goliath, top of the market. Well, not even. It's a bit like. Uh, Foreman versus Goliath versus Goliath. <laughs> Goliath versus Goliath. Geez, these two horses are absolute war horses, and they're, they're the two best sprinters in, in the world. I think that's very, very fair to say. Uh, Nature Trip and Eduardo. Nature Trip's currently odds on favorite. He's, there's been a very, very heavy move towards Nature Trip over the past 24 hours, and he's been back from 230 into $1.95 with our good friends at the tab. And Eduardo's actually beat drifted 360 to 440 with the tab. So be interesting to take your thoughts on that market. Do you think Nature Strip starts odds on, or do you reckon he will drift out come race time? I, mm, 
I can't see him starting odds on with the field this big, personally. I think two dollars or more is probably what you'll get. But especially, you know, when the market percentage always comes uh comes down and then you know, most horses drift just sort of on a macro perspective, the every horse to some extent is gonna drift some more firm, but the market as a whole is gonna gonna sort of allow for um juicy rods. Uh so with that in mind, I think yeah, a two is gonna be be in front of his name prior to the race. But I couldn't believe two dollars forty, honestly. I I don't know. What what did you think about two dollars forty, Jace? Yeah, well, with the current market, I'll just quickly answer my own question. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you like nature strip and you're betting, wait till race time, uh, race like literally five minutes before the race because I don't think there's any way you can start dollar eighty or dollar ninety. I think it has to start with two in front of his name, as Blake mentioned. Market percentages, people taking sets against him. Um, I reckon he could easily go back out to two forty, two fifty come race time. Uh, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, I'm with him. I'm with him. I thought he's. I was at Rose Hill last week and I got to see him in the flesh. Not that I haven't seen him race before, but it was the first time where he got to, it was an exhibition trial. He was by himself. And I've never seen a horse go faster in real life. It's just, it's he's, a, he's like, he's like watching Usain Bolt run, which I've never, <laughs> I can only imagine um, watching him run. But um, obviously I've never seen Eduardo trial by himself. So he probably looks as, as dazzling as nature ship does, but wow, he was so, so fast. It was ridiculous. And I think it's fair to say over the last few preparations, nature strips really, I guess matured and he's become like the ultimate professional. He, he doesn't, he's just, he's just such a treat to watch. And this is probably going to be his last, if not second last preparation. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we should just really, you know, when's the next time we've got to see a sprinter of this, of this caliber, who, who the hell knows? Um, I think we should just really, you know, get down to track, soak it all up because he, he's an absolute phenomenon. And, I think the dribble around him being a cat and and I think that yeah. put to bed now. Uh-huh. He's yeah, an Everest dried winner. up a while ago now. Oh, like he's an Everest winner. He's won overseas now. He's won multiple TJs. Like, what more can a horse do? He's an absolute star, and he could quite possibly be the be- best horse in Australia right now. Um, definitely is the best sprinter in Australia, and I think he does win. I think I'm really interested to see what happens speed speed map wise. I don't necessarily want to see him get crossed. Um. Yeah, I think the first hundred meters will will, will pretty much tell. Yep. If they go handlebars down of Eduardo, it could get yep. a bit of a sticky situation. Um, yep. but I'm with him. I don't know if he's a betting proposition currently, but if he gets out to two forty, I will be be very hard not to get on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quickly delve into that that thought a little bit more. Um, gate two, I don't like for Nature Strip at all. That's that's my major concern with him this race. And like you said, Jason, there are there are horses, Mazu, Eduardo, Overpass has absolutely been dropping the hammer in trials. If any of those horses decide to just completely let rip and go around Nature Strip and then he gets messed up in behind horses, whatever it is, I'm not saying he'll lose, but... I'm definitely saying I don't want $2 or even $2.40 if he gets into that situation. So with the possibility of that happening, I'm willing to uh, sort of maybe not bet against him, but just sort of keep my eyes open and assess how the track's playing particularly because if it is 
favoring leaders? How does that affect which horses decide to go forward? How does that affect nature strips chances? Um, and you know, if the inside is off, um, which we don't think it will be, but you know, anything can happen on the day. Uh, I think lost and running is an interesting horse to look at. I, I have a feeling he'll be, he'll be prepped to run well for this, this run. Uh, and he typically is a good first up horse. I have, I have liked the trials. Um, and if, if said horses, nature strip, Marzu, Eduardo, overpass, or go forward, lost and running might just sit right behind them. Uh, doesn't necessarily need to get sort of a soft run on the rail, just literally needs to be three wide, two wide behind that line of horses and then cruising into it. Um, the other horse is Master Crusader, who is the one that if everything goes way too fast, will be benefiting from that. I don't think 1100 is ideal for him, but like I said, if if they all go too hard, he's the one that'll that'll take advantage of it and Pikey aboard's the right one for that sort of racing style, I think. So those two horses I'd just keep my eye on. Um, but Nature Strip is sort of the main main one I'm I'm looking at for the race. Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point just quickly before we go to the next segment. If they all go helter skelter, I don't necessarily think you want to be on the horse that's a like a dead set back marker mm-hmm. that has to make so yeah. much ground up because they could get somewhat run off their feet. Yeah. But I think I think honestly, the map horse in this race is lost and running. I 100 percent agree with you. He yeah. will get into an absolutely lovely spot. He loves Randwick. He's a very, very underrated galloper. And quite possibly he's his current price to place. So I think that might that could possibly right now, he's the bet for me, just to place. So I think he's a much more percentage play. So I agree with Big Blake Yoss. All right, we'll move on now to the JC trial file. All right. So we had a a good win on Saturday at Kembla Grange. Unfortunately, Bunker Hut opened up $1.70, so he wasn't too much of a price, but he won pretty emphatically inside $1.30. This isn't necessarily a trial file once again. However, it's a horse that has been running um, in the midweeks provincials that I've kept my eye on, and that is a filly by the name of So Dazzling, who lines up in race five at Flemington on Sunday in the Oaks preview over the 1,800 metres. As I alluded to earlier, we've seen a lot of horses from Sydney, especially maidens, if not, uh, lower level benchmark horses be very success, uh, successful um, in Victoria. I think this might be another example. She was very good on debut at Warwick Farm. She reeled off the fastest last 200 meter sectional of the race, 11.76, which was 0.5 seconds faster than anything else in this race. She comes out of the same race where Redina runs second to Scientist. That horse has then won yesterday at Warwick Farm, beating Ring Ahoy and Surf on Turf in what should be a good form race in future. She steps up to the 1,800 metres. Damien Oliver jumps on board. I don't think it's a very strong race. She's drawn out, which I think is perfect because she'll get back. She'll thunder down the middle of the track. They're currently betting $5. I think that's a ridiculous price. I think she'll start $3 favourite. Um, and I think she might be a possible Oaks horse in the future. So that is Flemington on Sunday, race five. So dazzling. Blake, new segment, Hong Kong highlight. Yes, yeah, sir. Thanks, JC. So... um. Instead of the trial file, which I mean gets has been has been sort of modified lately anyway for Hong Kong, uh, we're starting a new segment which is the HK highlight. So uh, just highlighting horses coming up uh, in in upcoming meetings, horses who have trialed well can definitely feature horses who have run well previously. And today I'm mentioning a horse who has run well uh, the first meeting back of the season, which was last Sunday, by the name of Lucky Sway Ness. I was on this horse. I tipped it. 
um, and I posted it. If anyone's listening is in uh, the Punt Hub Facebook group, I posted it in there and I'll probably be posting a couple more in there um, coming up if there's anything that I like as much as I like this horse last Sunday. I couldn't believe the price it opened um, and it won absolutely ran off the charts was was absolutely incredible so um i did say in that write-up that this horse has has big big fish to fry this preparation and is is really going to sort of uh stake his claim as one of the one of the top horses for the season um i still believe that and that run last sunday just sort of put the writing on the wall uh for that for that sort of approach uh that sort of mentality so Lucky Swainess is the HK highlight. Throw him in your black books. Uh, check when he's running. I my concern now is that he'll probably be short next time he runs because of that win. Um, but he's definitely one to follow long term. I think he's definitely going to be uh, one of those horses that that contends uh, the Group Ones uh, in future. Sort of around Wellington, Skyfield, um, all those sort of horses. So keep an eye on Lucky Swainess. All right, Blake, thanks for that Hong Kong highlight. Lucky Swainess, great tip on Punt Hub. I'm sure the piggies were very, very happy with that. We'll head to Caulfield now. Uh, track conditions, weather and bias. Weather, 17 degrees showers, 2 to 4 millimetres forecasted. Rails out 6 metres. Track's currently a soft 5. Could possibly get worse by race day with the rain forecasted on Friday and Saturday. How do you think this track will play with the rail out 6 metres? Uh... Up and in to some extent. I like I like Caulfield because it's typically very predictable bias, but not sort of extreme, if that makes any sense. So like so when the rail's true, I like to look at horses who are drawn sort of five to eight area and sit just off the speed. So with the rail slightly out, I'll be looking at the same sort of thing. Um obviously watching and assessing the first couple of races um, that's open to, to change, but I'll be looking at a similar sort of thing, maybe just slightly more on speed horses um, and slightly more in, but like I said, watch and assess first couple of races to sort of firm in that opinion. And that's what we'll do because we're only covering one race and that's race seven, the group one, Sir Rupert Clark stakes over the 1400 meters Current favourite in the race, very open field as most open handicaps are, is the second emergency, I Wish I Win, the New Zealander for Peter Moody and Jamie Carr. Be interesting to see if she gets, uh, sorry, if he gets a run. He had a gender change there. Um, and if he was to get a run, it'd be interesting to see what this market does. If he doesn't, then I'm sure Tuvalu will probably start favourite from Ayrton. How do you find this race, Blake? Speed in the race looks to be hot. Huh, well... I find the race tough is what I find it. Um, and I will say, I think we're doing this Caulfield card a little bit of injustice by only covering one race. Um, although that's all we have time for. There are, there are a lot of interesting races on this card and a lot of horses I like, which I'll touch base with later. Um, for this race in particular, I think I don't, uh, I wish I win was absolutely phenomenal first up, but I can't trust it just on that win. And with gate 14 now, like I said, up and in, rails out at Caulfield, where's it going to get to? It's a massive, massive field. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I like Ayrton. I like the trial. 
Ayrton's just that type of horse that you don't know which one you're going to get on the day. So I hope we get the good one um, because if we do, I think with gate four, Damien Lane is the perfect booking. He is going to absolutely nail the ride, um, provided the horse is there and ready to win. I think it will. Um, it's drawn the best out of the top four in the market, who I think hold most of the cards, uh, even though it is a big field. And like I said, it's a pretty tough race just considering how big the field is and how many live chances there are, even though, yeah, showmanship, Tuvalu, Ayrton, and I wish I would win, I think have it between them, but anything can happen in these fields, Jason. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually going with a galloper that you chose last time, and that is showmanship, the WA uh, challenger. He's he's a phenomenal horse. He's had 10 starts for eight wins. Uh, he's always around the money. He's obviously a lot of those wins were in um, WA before he came over, but he, he is a winner at this track. He is one from one at this track. So it's good to say that he's gone this way of running and uh, I guess uh, liked it. Um, and he beat Travi, my friend, and Juna Powell. It's only a benchmark 84, but Juna, uh, Juna Powell's a pretty good galloper. And I'm pretty sure he is himself group one placed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then he went on to win the, the listed McLeod Stakes at the Valley. Um, and then he had pretty much two years in limbo, probably had various in uh, injuries, return at Warnable on a heavy 10, ran a pretty good race in the Wongoon. And um, yeah, first up at Randwick, I think, as I've said a few times, the Sydney form is stacking up in Melbourne. I'm very happy to trust it. Prime candidate came out and ran a cracking race last week behind Kiku, uh, where he just got fended off late. And this horse went past it. Uh, Damien Oliver's on board, draws a middle barrier, probably gets back a little bit, but has proven in the past he can handle a soft track and a wet track and a dry track. He's never lost on a dry track. Um, he's three from two on a soft track. He's just he's just a proper race horse. $7 is a very fair price. And he might just be the horse on the up, which sounds silly because he's a seven-year-old, but he's just so lightly raced and so lightly exposed that it's he could still have a lot underneath the tank. So I think he's the one for me. Um, other shout-outs. I have to agree with you um, in regards to Ayrton. Just hard to know what you're going to get. It's a bit like a box of chocolates. You might get anything. <laughs> and then the other one, probably law of indices. He hasn't necessarily, um, what would the word be? Acclimatized or either just not handled Australian racing or and he might never handle Australian racing, but mm. his form overseas was just too good. And the blinker's gone first time. He is a four-year-old another preparation on his belt he might come back and he might surprise them because he's certainly got the ability to do so no dallas in no well i, I love <laughs> i love dallas and i was I, I did, <laughs> i'm I did surprised think, i can't i can't lie yeah well he's never really let me down dallas a few horses have don't get me wrong but um i backed him first up in in his namesake race for leon and he was it was really good winner but i've always seen him as a as a group one handicap horse uh which this is um, but he's now he's now that he's he's outweighted in this race, which sounds silly. Normally he carries mm. like fifty one kilos, fifty two kilos against you know the right. likes of very elegant and Colette and all those type of battlers, and he's run very well in all those races. Never lets you down. But fifty eight kilos and a slightly sticky map. Um, I know he's drawn eleven. Showmanship's drawn ten, but he's drawn eleven going forward. Where showmanship probably doesn't really matter what barrier he draws because he's not going to be contesting the first couple anyway. So. Not sure where he gets to, but um, yeah, I'm happy with showmanship. I think he's one that can definitely run us a good race. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, with that, we have our Group One competition. I have not landed a blow at all. I've run second both times, taken the win. 
Um, and alligator blood's pretty much cost me 200 bucks. So that's absolutely disgusting, diabolical. And and you got done backing an each way horse to run fifth, uh, fourth, sorry. So, but that's that's what happens when you back each way. <laughs> they always run fourth. Yeah, you back exactly. them to win, they run second. If I backed alligator blood to place, he probably runs fourth. But anyway, you're minus 57.50 and I'm borrowing money from the Bob at minus 300. But uh, we'll move to the Rupert Clark Stakes. Uh, you are having $100 to win on... Mighty Ayrton. So I'm taking the coin flip. Um, it's not $2 odds. It's $7.50. If he turns up, he wins. If he doesn't, well, I've got better odds anyway. <laughs> You're not wrong. We've got a big gap in, a, in the current standings if, if he does win because he's certainly got a big chance. But uh, I'm with showmanship. I am going pretty conservative here, 50 each way. Direct, very difficult field. Probably will get tills 50 on a, on a mid-tote place come race day and uh, maybe $7 win if he wins. So 50 each way for showmanship. George Main Stakes, who have you sided with? Mm. As he thinks. Well, I'll quickly go in and I'll, I'll butt in. Hinged, 100 rolls on the place. As I said, even if Zaki and, and Animo run top two, something's got to run third, and I think she's the map horse. Blinkers on first time. Only has to improve a length or two, and she can definitely run third. I'll have... I'm going... Yeah, I'm done. I'm covering two bases here. I want I want Animo to win because I think best horse in the race. If he turns up, he wins. Um, and if all goes well for him, yep, he wins. So I'm having eighty to win on Animo, but I'm gonna have ten each way on Juace just because drying ground. I know I said she probably needs a little bit further than the mile, but I don't know. I got I got a really good feeling about it this prep. So let's just see how she goes. She's currently almost twenty dollars, so the ten each way is more than enough here. But um, yeah, I think Animo's going to be very hard to beat. So 80 to win Animo, 10 each way, Juice. Lovely. That's our group one segment. We'll move on to the best bets. As you said, you might have a few for the punters at Caulfield. I do. I do. Um, I I won't lie. I like I like Fangarado in the first. I like Extravagant Star in the second. I like, well, the third's a little bit hard. I like Osipenko in the fourth and... I don't mind she's lickety split who's coming from New Zealand uh, in the fifth. So I like a lot of the ones that are well in the market uh, for the first few races. But I think out of those, Extravagant Star has been absolutely lighting up the turf in her jump outs. Um, and she knocked up in her last run of three, uh, last preparation in Sydney. We love, Jason, you and I both love uh, horses going from Sydney to Melbourne. She's one of them. She's been lighting it up down there on the on the jump outs. Drawn really well, going to go forward, small field. Um, I think there's a lot to like, and I think that $3 is meat on the bone there. The other one that I like out of those five uh, early races is Osipenko. I, I'm i hesitant with after cabin, uh, after, be, after being beat Jacquino by Jacquino, you know, you can't just you can't just cross him out and say yeah he's a shit horse after be- getting beat by such a such a talented horse in Jacquino, but I think Osipenko with that gate with that draw gate one I've liked the way he's been trialing um, another one who's coming from Sydney so hopefully hopefully our our opinion of these Sydney horses uh, shows up at Caulfield on Saturday but those two Osipenko and Extravagant Star for me. Uh, look pretty good. So I've definitely got my eye on both of them. 
Yeah, well, you look at that extravagant star race, and I, I have to agree with you, but it, it kind of feels like the uh, the trainers have been listening to our podcast because if you look at the runners in the race, the Godolphin team, Renosu, last start winner at Hawkesbury, comes down. Kin, last start winner at Newcastle, comes down. <laughs> winner takes it all. Former Sydney horse now in um, Victoria Cannonball was in Sydney for the San Domenico. It's just the whole race is pretty much, you might as well just call it a Sydney race by now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, extravagant star, as you said, probably right distance and right track and it should just burn the turf um i'm keeping my powder dry for flemington on sunday uh with two gallopers and i hope i get on them and the market opens up or it has opened up on some places i hope it opens up where i bet but um kapakiri in race six derby trial i was on him at hawkesbury and you probably i thought he was a stiff beat because he just really never got a crack when he wanted to he just kept getting kept on heels and blah 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 as I've said a million times, the staying ranks and any ranks in Victoria are absolute mud right now. Sydney horses going down there. The B-grade Sydney horses going down there and beating their A-graders. And then race the Oaks the Oaks trial, as I've already alluded to, I think so dazzling. I think she might be a very smart filly and she might be a potential Oaks winner down the track, possibly. And there's a big call, but um, yeah. She's mm, bred. Well, there's, there's a couple anyway for the for the big races. They're... Um... That, that, the reason why I didn't have anything confident in Flemington is I just don't like the big fields. That's it just it just makes it a whole lot tougher for mine. But um yeah, that's that's the only thing I've got against Shop, but I'll back him. I'll still back him. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Brett. Well, one's five dollars, the other one's ten dollars. Can't go wrong. But uh, anyway, we'll wrap this show up. Thanks for joining me once again, Blake. It's been another great show. Best of luck to the punters. Huge day of racing at Randwick and Caulfield. Group one action everywhere. Um, sign up to our Saturday racing package, cginsight.com.au. Had a good day yesterday at Warwick Farm. Um, and, yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Campbell's mm -hmm. Gambles. Yep, and up the Swannies, up the Souths. Let's go. Let's go. Any tips in the NRL quickly before we leave? Spit them out. Oh, I haven't I haven't looked enough, but I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a diehard Souths fan, so I'm not going to say the Sharks will be winning. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I think the two favourites, South and the Eels, look look fairly decent. Um, I I don't know, Parramatta are a bit touch and go for me, but I'd, I'd be surprised if they lose to the Raiders, especially at home. And South, I think, can get the dub against the Sharks. So are South's favourites over, over the Cronulla? Yeah, only just. It's, it's, it's almost coin flip. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, anyway. But the Swannies, mate. Swannies yeah, will be Swannies. Swannies will be winning the grand final this year. Let's go. Here he is. Here he is. Let's, Let's go. Go, baby. Swans and Geelong grand final. We'll go down to the MCG. Oh, please. Oh, please. Yeah. I, mate, I'll do anything. I'll do, I'll do anything. <laughs> if anyone's listening and they've got grand final tickets for me, I'll do anything. Oh, here he is. All right. Two easy punters. We'll leave you to it. Enjoy your weekend of punting. <laughs>